Athlete Podcast. Frank Molinaro's on this today. I'm so excited, dude. We've been trying to lock you down for a minute, man. Um, thank you very much yeah. for spending some time with us. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Thanks, man. Okay. First things first. You have now, you, you know, you you were at, you've had a couple coaching jobs. You went back to, to competing again. You've settled in to Tempe. Tell me what is different about life out West compared to life on the East coast or, Oh, wow. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Um, tell me what's different about life out West as opposed to life on the, you grew up on the East coast. You went to school in Pennsylvania. You, you had a job at Virginia tech, like, and you were in the Midwest at, at OU. So tell me what's different about life on the West side. So, you know, just for starters, like I'm always proud of, you know, being born and raised on the East Coast. I think some of the characteristics I picked up on the East Coast, just being really tough. You know, the competition was always super tough. So many tough tournaments, clubs, states was hard, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, just had good coaching too. Lots of really high level coaches in up and down the East Coast. And then, you know, on the West Coast, some of the benefits are Greater Phoenix metropolitan area. We're right by one of the biggest cities, fastest growing cities in the whole country. So with that comes tons of resources, you know, medical resources, athletic, you know, pretty much anything that's like cutting edge or you can have an advantage with sports science, recovery, et cetera. People are doing it out here. Lots of UFC fighters are training out in the West Coast. You know, it's a good quality of life. It's basically sunny for 300 plus days a year. And it doesn't get any cooler than about 50 degrees. So the average temperature is like for nine months, it's perfect. And then for three months, it's too hot. So training wise, like you can train, you know, indoor, outdoor year round. I think also the people I found have been super nice out on the West Coast. You know, people are just kind of laid back and there's a little bit more uh, spread out. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I would, I would tend to agree with that. The, uh, the weather here does not suck, does not suck. I could not go it's not back. Bad. Yeah, it's not I, bad, right? I could, I could not go back to shoveling snow, ever. I couldn't yeah. do it. It's a tough life. It's a, it's a tough go. Um, all right, you mentioned recovery. I'm finding that when you were growing up. You were you were kind of at the tail end of the I'm gonna run through a wall um type of training. You know, it was starting to get a little smarter. Um, but there was still a lot of knucklehead coaches out there telling you to run through walls. Less has become much more, especially in the last 10 to 15 years how how different is the way that you train your guys at asu from the way that you trained let's say at penn state that's a good question you know i think it's constantly evolving and kind of recalculating and calibrating it but i tend to be more carefully planned and make sure that you know once i know the ending before the beginning then you just start to plan backwards and, you know, and, and you use a system. And when you have a system like periodization, 
you kind of have a peak and you have a couple markers where you test yourself and have a couple small peaks. But without going into too much detail of it, you know, you, you perform really best when it matters the most. So I feel like however the training can safely, without injury, get you to that finish line and that ending where you feel I'm the fastest in my training and I'm the strongest I've been in my training and I'm emotionally fresh and mentally prepared. So, you know, in the beginning of the season, I'm just focusing on getting my conditioning up, you know, getting my cardiovascular because this pumps all the blood to my muscles. Then I'm building a base level of strength before I get into some of the heavier strength training. And then eventually in, it transitions into in-season lifting. And then it transitions into some circuit training, sport specific, and then really fast stuff at the end. And then bam, you know, you're right into those competitions and you feel fresh. So with that, you know, you have to have the right volume. You have to have the right intensity. You have to have the right system to be able to do that. I think if you just go by what you're feeling that day, you know, like, heck no, you know, that's yeah. not, you know, you got to have the minutes calculated. I'm not saying that it changed. It doesn't change. It changes a lot, you know, depending on the team you have that year and what's going on that part of the season. But typically like they're not going to feel their best around, you know, this time of the year, or let's say like February, but when March comes, like you're going to feel the best you ever have. Mm, that's, that's a tricky goal. thing, man. That is a tricky balancing act, isn't it? It is. It's, it's very hard. It's difficult. Um, sure. Let me ask you this. And I know Zeke is, uh, for for lack of a better term, obsessive over some of this stuff. He's like, a mastermind with that stuff. Yeah, he's, he's, he he gets he's obsessive. Like he and he's I love that USA. about him. He done yep. it. For, he's done it for USA and, and and he like the the focalized peak is is really really important. So if if we're all going to agree that the only thing that matters really is three days in March how do you motivate these guys to to get up for a dual meet because because look let's be honest dual meet sell man it's a big yeah. deal like it's important you know how do you get them up for cliff keen how do you get them up for whatever you know if if we if we're all gonna really agree that there's nothing that matters except for three days in march yeah well you know some of them are getting closer to the end of their college career so for them, it's like, it's not just about the last couple of days in March. It's about, you're going to have to beat these kids to make world teams. You know, if you want to be an Olympian someday and you want to, you know, make world teams when, once you get to that elite level, you know, uh, freestyle stuff, then you have to beat these guys anyway. So it's like creating that culture where, you know, we value and we're obsessed with our technique and our tactics and our, and our improvement. Like we're constantly... You know, and I can speak on behalf of all the guys here, like Zahid, Vincenzo, you know, some of our freestyle guys, McGee, Courtney, um, Josh Shields, uh, the senior, and I'd say like Colton Schultz, they lead that charge really of you got to get better at wrestling every second. You know, we're always trying to improve, evaluate, compete, improve, you know, evaluate, compete, and just over and over, we just keep doing that cycle. And I think that's motivating in itself because I know for sure I don't want to show up on match Friday and wrestle 
uh, Vincenzo, Josh Shields, Shakori Teamer, Caleb Larkin, Kyle Parko, and you know, not be focused or feel like, yo, I got to fight today. You not just right now. Not just Vegas. Like, <laughs> if I come in here with a bad attitude, I'm gonna have a, sh- a crappy weekend. You know, my weekend's gonna suck. So, like, I think Mike, you gotta put up someone in front of you. It's like if you're a freestyle guy, guy training to make a world team, and you don't have a competition for a really long time. I like thinking about going to the training camp. Like, I'm going to wrestle this guy and this guy when I'm at uh, Colorado Springs at the training camp. We're going to do matches. I know I'm going to be competing with these guys. You know, how can I work on executing in these positions when I get there? So that's, like, kind of a focus in front of me, an opponent. Keep me motivated. You mentioned a lot of big names there, uh, obviously, you know. Things aren't going to be fun on a Friday if you're not ready to wrestle with those guys. But how do you get some of the uh, younger guys to buy in that maybe haven't gone through the process yet, maybe aren't, you know, all the way, you know, at the very top of the ladder there? How do you get them bought in to follow with the plan when it's, you know, not very fun this time of year? I think, like, A, you know, we got to teach them. We got to have some of our senior level guys and seniors leadership on the team, you know, keeping them along too, like making sure that no one gets lost in the cracks because, you know, everybody on this team has to do their job and whatever their role is or whatever their job is, you know, in terms of helping the team and helping their wrestling career, you know, they have to be held accountable. So I think it starts with the freshmen holding each other accountable. And, you know, we've got some great freshmen this year. Uh, you know, Nico Ruiz, he's competed in some high level tournaments already and, he wrestled really well. You know, he's just everything he does in terms of his training, lifestyle, uh, school. You know, Caleb Larkin's uh, 4.0 in engineering in, like, honors college. You know, so these kids kind of lead themselves in some sense. But, you know, the recruiting's been pretty good the last two to three years. So I think bringing in the right recruits that are going to fit well in your culture and then having the leadership in there to kind of guide them along and then we're just consistent with the message that we preach around here. It's always, you know, attitude plus technique equals scoring. And we're not going to get weird about it. You know, it's going to be real lighthearted in the room, but we're going to have all the skills and leave no stone unturned. And everyone kind of buys into that system and it's been good so far. Yeah. It's been, yeah, it's, it's fun to watch. Uh, consistent the consistency that you guys have had um, guys like Jaquori, how do you, how do you coach him? Uh, he would, let me tell you something. If he was in my room, I'd be like, don't do it. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> you know, right. No, 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 no. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, how do you, cause God knows that is as far away from your style of wrestling as you probably could get. So how do you, when you kind of talk to a guy like Jacory team, how do you go, all right, here's how you should really do it. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, one thing to Jacory's credit that people probably underestimate a little bit is his wrestling IQ. Mm. You know, I, I think his wrestling IQ is off the charts. You know, he knows like every scenario, every position, and he can make instant decisions you know, thinking 10 moves ahead in one second because he's just really good at wrestling, right? Really cerebral, um, you know, and he has like, and we call it NFL speed around here. He's got that NFL speed. You know, when you see this guy run across the track 
like he takes his he's barefoot too he's running across the track and it we're doing like a 200 yard sprint good luck trying to beat him he's just gas right across so i think like part of training him you know is just making sure that he feels good and he's in a good headspace and his energy levels are good and he's training smart you know i know after vegas that was really his first competition in a long time yeah you know he, he hadn't competed he didn't do any of the freestyle elite matches all that stuff had a pretty substantial injury and you know he did great with the recovery and he was the hardest he's trained all preseason so we kind of just stepped back and let him go at that point you know mm. you just a guy like jacory you just make sure you know he's staying on track and accountable with his weight strength and all that stuff but he competed really well and i think uh that was a fun finals match i think you know it was his ma i think he could out wrestle that guy if they wrestled again but peyton did a good job and uh i, I was excited because jacory was motivated after it too you know it's like mm. and this is how the the freshman kind of jump levels fast because you know say a guy like nico ruiz he wants to wrestle with jacory all the time he sees jacory go out there you know execute some really nice stuff against stanford in the semifinals he loses, he's back in the room and he's putting himself in the exact positions he got scored on, trying to figure it out. Like, dude, I don't want to get in that crackdown again, or I, I don't, I don't want to get rolling around here and this happens again. How do I fix it immediately? So these, these guys like Jacory, you know, and when they, when they come into my mind, they're always solving the wrestling problems and then on to the next thing, you know, then they're just yeah. on to the next tactic and move. Uh, those guys are hard to beat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you, um, Imparting that that mindset in younger kids has been fun for me, right? Like Good I, idea. I, I, you know, my son especially, he is not great in, in every. Not not that he's not great in every position. Not okay, he's not great in a lot of positions. So finding finding like ten minutes before practice. And like talking to him about like, hey, you really struggled in this particular position this past weekend. I know that you have to go through a practice like Shanneman and Myers are putting you through X, Y, and Z. But you have to find ways during practice or after practice or whatever to put yourself in the positions that you, for lack of a better term, suck at. Like you have yeah. to do, you have to do it. That's good. That's right. It's really, really difficult for him to go. Yeah, but I have practice. I'm like, yeah, I, I know, I know. But you're, if you suck at getting a leg, you know, if you're getting ridden with legs, that's right. You have to find a way to do that. Now that might not fit into the 90 minutes that, that Shannon and Myers are doing. So, but they don't want to hear that. Uh oh, I gotta do extra work. <laughs> so, so how do, do you do you have to talk to these freshmen about it, or is it is it just like monkey see monkey do? Like, uh oh, I see the the better guys on the team doing this. I better do it. No, we teach them. You know, we gotta teach all of them. That's why, like, when they first come in here, we have a pretty structured system. You know, we'll do like an individual in the morning and say it's like. Uh, 45 minutes of skills and drills with your weight class coach or maybe mm -hmm. another day it's like we're going to do a 10 minute chunk of tripod stand up and a 20 minute chunk of ankle ride or something like that mm -hmm. so 
and then another time we'll come bring him in with the individual and then we'll do like film first go through some positions see this see that and then go drill it and then go spar it and then go wrestle it live and kind of do it that way too Mm. just figuring out what works best for the kid you know i know for me it's like i got to get a lot of reps in there and work on timing and then i've also got to just spar it you know for an extended period and then be able to do it in like short goes too so it's like i've got a system where i try to learn it the techniques and stuff and get better at those positions mm. as quickly as possible like you start like do- you start dominating all the positions and even if you're not scoring in them if you just like focus on 100 percent defense and you just keep winning more and more of these positions you start dominating wrestling yeah it's it's nice to so i i I think of it as stacking skills like i just stack skills on top of one another not me personally anymore but like for the kids especially right and so the more skills that you can stack on top of one another well you now become a far more rounded wrestler okay i love the idea i love i love getting a peek under the hood at processes if you're taking a young athlete and teaching them something brand spanking new, like they have never been introduced to a, I don't know, outside step, how much time, and I guess it depends on the athlete, but how much time are you actually teaching it versus sparring it versus wrestling it live? I would say like, maybe just in the beginning, maybe it's not even like with a partner, something just by themselves, like a footwork drill, to kind of learn how to like split step, you know, lunge jumps, split squats, all that kind of stuff. And then once you kind of do a good chunk of the penetration step, just keeping the setups like really basic and then saying like, hey, let's just work on the finishing, the finishing first, getting our hips in. Mm-hmm. Like you brought up outside step. My biggest thing with outside step is in and up. You know, my number one goal is the second I fire outside step is to get Velcroed in, head up, chest up, hips in, you know, shoulders back, and and then immediately up. You know, I wouldn't try to like shoot an outside set, not get my hips all the way glued in, and then try to go up. Then I'm gonna miss takedowns from there. Mm-hmm. So just you can accomplish like five, six things by focusing on one or two things. I think that helps too when you're teaching it. So like saying less, and just mm-hmm. kind of keeping the cues a little bit more basic. Or uh, I'm not above step-by-step either. I don't care how good you are at wrestling. You know, like having a step-by-step to learn something kind of is helpful sometimes too. But, uh, yeah, I like those ways. And, uh, man, just having the right partner too. Like, you got to coach the partner up. He's got to give, like, passive resistance. You know, and if I'm teaching, like, ankle ride, I'm like, hey, this is what the bottom guy's going to do. He's going to do A, B, C, D, E. And I want you to try really hard to do that because this drills for you too. So you can figure out how to get out of ankle hook. So it's like, got to be a good partner. And and 99% of the time they're solid, you know, the defensive guys, but sometimes you got to coach them up. And I think uh, just having more of a realistic feel there. Like, and then when you wrestle the live on those match Fridays, now you got to go execute. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you drilled it, you slowed it down. You thought about it all week in your head. Now go execute without thinking about it. Who's the toughest one in the room? I'm sorry, Joel, just the train of thought. Sorry. Um, who's the toughest one in the room to 
like because i know there are kids in our room that will drill something all week and and when it's time to execute in a live situation they just want to win so how do you how do you get get it across them like hey you might have to sacrifice a takedown or two in this wrestling room but you got to get better at this position i know it's so hard it's it's almost like this first time you do it in the match then it's like a real move you know it's not really a real move until like <laughs> bam like outside step lift them up four point all right now i can actually do it yeah. but to get to that point you know because you always want to win right you don't want to like take a risk that's unnecessary that'll put you in you know a chance of losing but at some point you got to risk it for the biscuit i heard that you know how'd you arrive at this system of training is this something that you picked up there at asu or is this something that you've kind of figured yeah. out along the way I mean, I've had like the best of the best coaching. I had three different national team coaches, actually, uh, Bruce Burnett, Bill Zadick, Zeke Jones. You know, I had great college coaches. I had some experience with other Olympians that are head coaches and work with them for a few years. So like, you know, kind of everything on my journey, I picked up a little bit here and there and added it to my system. And then, you know, some of the stuff that really worked for me in college and post-college, I kind of uh, keep adding on to that and trying to make it better, more efficient, you know, just really just find the hardest way to do something the most efficient ways possible. You know, that's what Zeke always says to the kids. And it's true, you know, don't like drill your single leg just to finish it, you know, try to drill it the hardest possible way in practice and finish it perfectly. When you can get to that level, then you start winning a little bit more. Mm, efficiency um efficient efficiency that's a good word yeah i i talk to these kids it's true about efficiency all the time and it's like it's good it's hard for me to preach efficiency without preaching laziness <laughs> because yeah, they can they can get crossed on that sometimes that's right. you know and, yeah. and and while i you know if you want something done quickly, you give it to a lazy person. Um, I don't lazy is a four letter word in my house. You don't, you're just not going to be lazy ever. Um, <laughs> I like um, that. So, so, and that Russell, I mean, that goes to for my wrestling room as well. Um, finding efficiency though, in motion is very, very important. Um, how do you convey efficiency through training through technique how do you convey that without preaching laziness i mean this is kind of out there but it's a good example that ties into what i'm trying to explain so my brother he's a commanding officer he's gonna be an admiral in like five months and he was telling me one time like it's insane the amount of training that you need to become an admiral on this like destroyer ship shoots these like armed missiles in the middle of the mediterranean you have to go through like the Naval Academy, Army, and then four plus years. And then you do all the training in school. You have to become an engineer, you know, because you have to be able to basically fix every single component on the ship. You have to know how to fix everything if something breaks and how to compartmentalize it while still like leading the ship through battle, you know? So it's like the same thing with wrestling. If you're the captain of the ship and you're leading this destroyer, it's life or death out there. So you've got to know every single part of the ship inside and out but then once you're 
um, navigating the ship, you got to be able to do it mindlessly and make good decisions in the present moment. But it's like, that's really that, tough. It's really, it's tough, really difficult. I would say one thing, like do it more outside of the, this is what I would tell them. Do it more outside of the room with your mind. It's not just like I can only wrestle for, you know, maybe four hours a day. And outside of that, I can't be really on the mat much more. So I just, when I'm doing my cardio or I'm just, you know, in my everyday activities, I'm just daydreaming about my wrestling. I'm thinking about, you know, how I down block that uh, head inside single and caught that underhook and how I probably could have scored off it or something. What would I do differently? How could I like use what they scored on me today on them tomorrow to score it, set traps? Sure. I, I love that part of it, you know, so they got to do it more in their mind and do the rehearsals and really know the details of their game. Like they have to know what is their neutral strategy? What is their number one breakdown? What is their number one mat return? You know, what is their go to takedown? What is their, you know, best pinning or turning combination? I mean, if you ask most kids like, right, they'd have to think probably a little bit about it first. But the ones that are like pretty locked in, I mean, they know their system or plan or strategy in basically every position scenario. Do you think coaches, do you think, because right now I like the kids that I'm responsible for, I could tell you their, their go-to takedown if they're down by one, yep. I could tell you their go-to turn. I could tell you that like, so sh coaches should know that too. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I like so, that. You know, I mean, I think, I think we get caught up as coaches. We get caught up in the big picture of winning wrestling matches far too often. Um, yeah. I think the improvement and effort is m far more controllable. And if we can, if we can control those things, winning will take care of itself. Yes, so, sir. so when when you talk to these kids, do you? you know, cause you get high level athletes in that room and they're really, really competitive. Do you sometimes have to take a, like have them take a step back and go, Hey, look, man, I know you want to win in every position, I, but you, especially coming in as a freshman, you ain't going to win every go in this room. <laughs> You're like, there's just no way. Okay. Yeah. Cause he's going to put a hole in you. Right. Like he just <laughs> yeah, is. He's, good. <laughs> he's, he's real really good. good. He's real good at wrestling, you know? Right. So, how do you how do you talk to them and be like, look, you got to step away from this situation and just focus on improvement? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, putting them sometimes like one on one with like as a heat and maybe he does kind of beat him up that day. But then afterwards, having them like build them back up like, all right, like, you know, I exposed you here, but here's where you got to get better. I think that's powerful because, you know, they're watching the heat out there vaporizing people and it's like you know he knows he knows what works i think too making them watch the film like even if they don't want want to sit there and watch it i get it i don't want to watch a match i just lost especially if i like you know sabotage myself and didn't wrestle good or you know just made made some kind of excuse before i went out there and lost but sit down and watch it you know and, and also like i think taking notes on it we give we give out like a wrestling journal and it has like mindset stuff and it also has wrestling related stuff in it. So like when Mike comes in in the preseason, it's a little bit more laid back. So each week we're working on like one segment. It's like, say, 
energy management. And then we have like a whole thing where we're writing out like specific strategies that we're gonna implement on competition day to manage our energy. We teach them techniques. We bring in specialists that are like, that do breath work. And we, we teach them the value of like how breathing is gonna help you manage energy on competition day leading up to the week of competition. Um, so it's, it's just elite level programming and it's creating a culture where the sports, you know, the sports performance is really valued too. Like they see the gain in it, like, and they do, you know, they, they buy into this stuff because they see the best of the best winning. And, and even these guys are super humble talking about how they need to improve mentally, you know, and like kind of just lost my head a little bit there, but I'm in the right state of mind now. So you listen to the interviews too. If you're just a kid out there, you go listen to the best people in the world, winning the hardest tournaments and see what they're saying. You don't need to rewrite the wheel. You can take bits and pieces and kind of measure what you're doing against, you know, kind of some of the things they're saying, if it's in the same ballpark or if there's something that can make yours better. So, you know, I, there's a lot of different programming that goes behind it. And I think, you know, some of it is like actually writing stuff down some of it is doing uh, visualization activities or like, and then some of it's more hands-on and some of it's like subliminal too. You know, we, we do different kinds of goal setting stuff where, you know, it's almost like a subliminal message where I see this goal over and over and over again. You know, it's like, even though you don't even know you're reading it, like your mind is connecting the dots for you and you're just staying, you just go to, you wake up with it in the morning and you go to bed with it at night. It doesn't even matter what happens in the middle of the day. This goal is just right there every day. Never like leave, never lose sight of it. Mm -hmm. So I think one thing that in the training that should show too is the closer we get to the hardest competition, it shouldn't be the more nervous we get, you know, because a lot of our training is to counterbalance that for the front end of it. But the closer we get to competition, not the more nervous we get, the more focused we get. And the more relaxed we get and excited, like, wow, it's finally time. You know, we Frank, was that your experience as an athlete? That's kind yeah, I mean, that was when I won, you know, that's my best. <laughs> you know, when I did well. <laughs> but I I could say like the guys on this team, you know, I watched Colton Schultz, like they didn't even have him ranked in the beginning of the year. You know, he was in the semifinals, took fourth that year. He wasn't even ranked, you know, so it's like the kids believe it and they believe in the training because, you know, we keep it pretty, you know, we, we inform them on most of it. Like, this is how you're supposed to feel now. This is the training phase. And every once in a while, like hit them with some mental warfare. You know, they, they don't know what the hell's going on. Just toughen them up more. But I think the kids believe in it, Mike, when like they know that you have a plan and what phase they're going to versus like, if you're in a training phase where it just feels like, they're beating me down every day like is this beneficial for me to be beaten to death every single day or should i like should i beat them down let them feel good build them back up you know so it's it is a balance i think less is more because we compete so much already especially in season like you only have limited amount of days where you can toughen them up and run a really hard practice you know so Man, you just gotta man, you just gotta make good use when you have that downtime. Right now is great because we have two week training cycle before we go to Midland. So there's a good time if you're like a college guy. 
you should be making gains right now. You shouldn't be worried about your weight and this and that and who you're wrestling next weekend. You should be in here trying to fix the wrestling problems before you're just doing weight control and competing again. It's funny. Um, one of the athletes uh, last year was like, yeah, man, I, I was getting your legs. I was scoring on you, you know, and now I just can't get, I'm like, were you getting my legs and scoring on me more when it was closer to the biggest competition of the year? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you don't say, you don't say. <laughs> That's good. Any correlation there? No. All right. Well, you might want to think about that. <laughs> I'm sorry, That's Joel. Right. Go ahead, brother. How many of the kids and maybe even senior level athletes that are coming in are already kind of like doing the right things when it comes to, you know, mindset and journaling and lifestyle versus kind of how many have to be taught that? I think uh, in my experience, you know, we te like we've had stuff like camps here at Sun Devil Camps. Uh, we did like some elite camps and we try to teach the kids at the camps too. You know, maybe it's like you give them the journal or have them bring a journal and just kind of have some like sessions where you teach them like you know what's some stuff i should be journaling you know how is this going to benefit me that kind of like what is the value in this blah 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 you know so i think you, you can start really young ultimately like you know i'd like where we have a system here where we have the sun kiss kids wrestling club so you got like kids that are basically like can walk like they're wrestling you know six and under and then you have like an elite elementary group that comes in here and these kids like evolve into that where they compete, learn moves. Maybe they do just do minimum competitions and then it keeps leveling up, you know, and then eventually you can go to a private school. You, if you really love wrestling, a, you know, a charter school like Valiant or something like, you know, Blair Academy, you want to go take that route. And then you have the RTCs all around. So now you have an RTC model where you can train with, Olympic gold medalists, you know, shoulder to shoulder with you. And then you have the college where you can come win like trophies and national championships. And like some of these kids want to become fighters, they can go train at fight ready and go be fighters. So I think you just have a system and you know, everyone's kind of on the same page. We all want to just be the best out here on the West, on the West coast and just dominate and have elite level people fighting and winning championships out here. And, world and olympic gold medals and you know I, I know that like forest she might go into fighting so there's an example of someone like comes and helps the program helps the youth wrestling she's helping the you know the younger guys she's helping the college guys she's having success in freestyle and, and olympic style and then she goes on in fighting so there's like a good wrestling ecosystem and everyone's everyone's like trying to trying to share information they're very generous about passing it along to one another because Ultimately, we're all helping each other in some way. Like he could be helping that kid, but at Sunkiss, kids five years old, but this kid could be fighting someday at Fight Ready. We don't know. You know, it's all sure, sure, bad. sure, sure. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of things that you are excelling at. Um, in in the in the you're welcome. I don't think it it. it I'm not just complimenting for the sake of it, but it, it, here's the truth of it. W what about coaching at that level surprised you? Like what, what, what were you just not really ready for? That's a good question. You know, maybe you kind of think it'd be easier a little bit at first, but 
I'd say that there's just a lot of good coaches out there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of super motivated, highly ambitious, you know, obsessed wrestlers out there who've been doing it for decades. You know, and the ones that are doing it for decades with the right mentality and mindset, they've had a ton of success too. So it's just like kind of being humble and making sure that I never miss an opportunity to learn from somebody else. You know, maybe early on you kind of think like, this is how I'm going to do everything. But then you're like, nah, that's not. <laughs> like, I, I got to take a step back here. Like, you got to have a better strategy. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, that's my kind of observation is like, there's a lot of good programs now. And, you know, what some programs lack in resources, they do like still perform well. It's just maybe not on the same kind of scale, five, six guys, but, yeah. you know, you could see the results even at the small program. So it's good to see that like the entire college uh, landscape is getting better as a whole, too. I agree with that. Well, then, if that's true, and I think it is, right? I think it's, exponentially more difficult to crack the top 10 now than it was that's right 20 years ago okay how is it that kale is staying on top i mean honestly like if, if we if we just agreed that fighting to get into the top 10 is far more difficult than ever that means that fighting to get to the top spot has to be even more difficult than that and everyone is hyper motivated, hyper informed, right? Like these are well informed. How are how are they staying on top? It's driving. It's crazy. Well, for I mean, the most basic answer is they're scoring the most points That's at the NCAA true. tournament. That's true. I, I would say, like, if you looked at how many bonus points they score, I'd probably say like at least a whole nother finalist plus. So however many points wow. it is for a so final. So 25 list. more points. Yeah. I would say on top of their like points earned for advancement and placement mm. per athlete, they're over an entire uh yeah, first place finisher. Holy smokes. I never so, thought about that. So that's like having an extra champion on your team. Yeah, basically. It's like having Holy an extra person smokes. worth of bonus points. So I think like, you know. One thing that Zeke talks about all the time is scoring points, you know, and, and I'd say that so far this season, like we feel like we haven't scored enough points. Our best guys, you know, our offense hasn't been there yet, mm -hmm. you know, but once we have like our full lineup and everybody is out there pretty soon, I think we're going to see him score more points. So like, instead of focusing on winning, that's like, you know, that just cr crushes me. It drains all my energy. It's just a waste, you know, it's stupid to just obsess about that. Obsess about scoring points, you know, and, and I think that'll make the wrestling better too. So Okay. Um that's fair. Well, um, I don't know. I guess Oh no, I right, well, back to the kale thing. No, that's fine. I mean, look, like like that is honest though, right? Like you gotta score points and focusing just simply on winning is exhausting it is exhausting and it is a and, really kind of a fruitless effort and i would say like that's something that he practiced not just preached as a competitor you know before david before all those guys he was a prolific scorer you know he was as efficient as possible took down some like real tough wrestlers you know always like takedown machine 
yeah. was a takedown, takedown machine all the way to the Olympics and won the Olympics. So I think like if you want to win national titles, you have to be insanely deliberate. You have to take complete ownership of it. Like you can't have any plan B that ah, if this works out, if that works out, like, no, 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 you have to have the plan in the head and then you have to execute. So it's really hard. You know, the, I think the first step is like, it's the recruiting, right? You got to get the guys first that have that mindset and mentality and they're in the ballpark of talent and skill. And then you have to have the culture. And then eventually like in a perfect world, you have four guys that can make the finals and then one or two of those guys wins. That's a national championship team. Yeah. You know, so like, I know coach Zeke is always, he's thinking eight years at, you know, I don't know how many years he's thinking ahead, but it's probably a lot, you know, so you're looking down the road and you're saying, well, man, this guy is, he's redshirting this year, but like this guy could win multiple titles. You know, this guy wrestled so-and-so and he's in a one point match and almost beat him first match. You know, he could be in that. He's, you know, so you have the, the guys, we have the guys here now where I think like they continue to develop. They stay healthy, God, God willing. They stay healthy. Everything continues to progress. Then it's just going to get harder, especially with uh, NIL. I think, I mean, I can't speak for Kale, but I'm sure he's not like thrilled about it. I'm sure, he mm-hmm. doesn't love like, sure, kind of, you know, what what direction it's taken. I don't know. He might. Who knows? He might. But I think that could affect it too, right? Like if somebody is, you know, really taking full advantage of this program or something this mm-hmm. nil could that make it harder to win national championships sure we'll see yeah well, it's uh, still yeah, kind of early jury's out early. right jury's out because it's still real young and fresh and it's the wild wild west right now as far as i'm concerned you take yeah, it's, that it, it's still too early that's right but it is it's crazy it does make a difference for sure oh yeah and if you're not paying attention to it you are going to get passed up real quick um <clears throat> So, you know, one of the, I think we had a Pat Pablizio on not too long ago. And, and he said, yeah, look, you can develop athletes. Um, Mike Machiavelli is a great example. That is a development in work, right? Like, I mean, he did not come out of high school as a blue chip recruit. He was developed in that wrestling room, won a national title, and the rest is history, right? But that will get you in the top. Four, right? That'll get you a trophy. Actually, now four doesn't get you a trophy. Top three, right? That'll get you somewhere around there. But if you want to win it, you got to develop freshmen that can win it. Like that's right. That's really tough, dude. That's, that's really that's really really tough. So how do you take a kid that's a blue chip recruit who who you get blue chip recruits at ASU for sure you do. It's not like you're Bloomsburg and you're you're fighting for, you know, guys that that could get on the medal stand. You have the A1 recruits. How do you get them to win national titles as freshmen? That's tough, dude. Yeah, it is. Like, I think when they talk about, uh, once I get this amount of matches, you know, you just tell them right away, like, you can win right now. You know, you don't have to wait until another year passes or your red shirt. You know, I heard some kid talking the other day, um, and he was saying, oh, yeah, once I – in next season, I'm – no, forget about next season. Like, you got to figure this out right now, you know, and I think you got to make the kids believe that 
if they hit all the markers too, like, I mean, if you go to Vegas and you win, that's a good marker. You know, like, wow, I just beat some really good guys, high level tournament, had my first one, you know, what I sure. didn't have 10 practice matches, you know, then all of a sudden, like you wrestle a top 10 guy and you, you just smash them you take them down like three, four times. So it's a progression too. sometimes like it might just be one win and you just like flip that switch. You like survive a heater and you break this guy. He's really good. And then you just feel like you could take over the world, you know, but someone like Nico Megaludis, you know, he might took some hard losses in the beginning of the season, his freshman year. But then like, dude, we needed him. Like we needed him to perform well, to place high. And he became a finalist and he got through like an extremely hard road. He won in like the ultimate ride out one match. He beat like like five really accomplished wrestlers in the tournament. And he lost like in overtime, I think, against McDonough. Mm-hmm. So that that was just an example of like just sh- like the sheer will of I'm gonna figure it out no matter what. Like the that obsession like drove him to probably level up, you know, two years worth in one year because he just wanted because he wanted it bad enough. That's yeah, not, I mean, that's why he did it, right? He did it because he wanted it that bad. Like, the kids got to want it, you know? You, it, they don't have to do it. They don't have to be national champions. They don't have to have a really good season. Like, they got to want it. So, mm. at the end of the day, like, you know, we make sure we preach that to them, too. It's like, yeah, you better you want be, this. You better, better want be, all of it. And you got to be grateful for it, too. Yeah. You know, you're, you're lucky that you get to do this. Like, I, I try to think wrestling more as a craft you know, cause I'm super obsessive too. So it's more of a craft, you know, and I'm trying to like reach this point of mastery where I can like execute all these details and skills and strategies, you know, to a T, you know, where success is just like I win. And then it's like, what's next, you know, mm-hmm. what's next. And then it, you can never live up to it. It's always like the next best thing, you know, so you flip the switch and you have more of a craft, you know, mindset. And then you're constantly kind of focusing on your craft. And then when you get closer to competition, you know, you just sharpen those skills like a blade. And that's, I don't try to focus too much on the outcome with the guys because they all want to win bad, but they have to understand that a lot of that pressure comes from, it doesn't even really exist. Like you think everyone cares so much. Yeah. Like, oh man, if I lose this match, like everyone's going to care so much. Like, no, like my Mm -hmm. mom's got problems. Like she's got stuff she's worrying about tomorrow too. She Mm -hmm. ain't worried about my loss. Coach ain't either. You know, but in that moment, you feel that. So it's like you got to remind yourself that none of the failure is permanent, that there's like there's no finish line, really. You're just constantly like trying to be more efficient and better at your craft. Love it. Love it. God, that's great. We're going to use that as a clip. That's for sure. That's awesome. Okay. Um, let's let's get some quick questions out of you and uh, and we'll get you moving along on your day all right i gotta i gotta catch my flight in a couple hours all right good good are you going to yeah. fort worth yeah this is it's a lot of wrestling this morning i, I rest, wrestle at shields biggie and now me and you are chiming it up some wrestling it, that's good though that's good it's a that's good a day that's a good day that's a good day, that's a good day. all right that's um so number one first out the gate how are you feeling about the three-point takedown as of right now as of right now i think it's been kind of fun I feel like we've always been a pretty neutral dominant team in terms we like to be on our feet. And uh, 
you know, so there's a lot of incentive now. Three mm -hmm. points. And no one's ever out of a match kid no. out there. Like, yo, no. if you give up four back points, so what? Like, yeah. don't put your head in the sand and give up, you know, because you can stand up. And this, and this, and on the flip side of it too, it's like you could be on your feet and give up like two stall calls. You know, I'm not advising that, but no. these matches are different. You're never out of a match. So I like the fact that you could like see some comebacks, but I don't know. Like someone said, there's more upsets, but I, I don't know if there is or isn't. There's always a good bit of upsets in the beginning of the season. Sure. That makes sense. Okay. Your favorite wrestling shoe of all time? Uh, I would say the Ultra Tex. The okay. ASIC Ultra okay. Tech. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Right. I like that. All right. Uh, if you had a magic wand and you could change one thing about the sport of wrestling, what would it be? I would say one point push out and yes. continuation and folk style. Yes. Just give me a stamp out. It's so much please, easier. Please. It's so much easier. It's black and white. It is very simple. Mike, it's it's hard too. It's there's so much technique for a push out. Like, oh sure, it's not like it's like oh we're just sumo wrestling. Like, no, no, no. you try to do that, you'll get four. Yeah, you get yeah, you get smashed for sure. Yep. Love it, love it. Give me a step out rule in folk style immediately. It helps the flow of a match, right? It like does. nobody talks about that. Like they go out of bounds. You know, look, it, it's it's a it's a process to get back to the same. It's a big old pain in the butt. I, I love I that. That's a great one. Okay. Who is on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Four people. I don't know. That's a tough one. Oh, I oh, I'm gonna hold you to this. We got eight minutes for you to sit there in silence <laughs> and, I mean, and toil over it. It's just like some of them are still current, so you know, they can't go up there yet. Okay. I would say, yeah, I'll, I'll give you one for sure. One for sure, I would say Jordan Burroughs. JB. I mean, the guy is just like, he never gives up, right? Like, he was like, no, no freestyle, not much freestyle experience growing up. Mm -mm. Not like the typical, traditional, like, went to this club. You know, I had Mike coaching me and all mm -hmm. these, like, really mm -hmm. good level coaches at a young level. He, None of that, and then wins the worlds when he's still in college. Amazing, right? Has an amazing tournament too. Beats like yeah. Sorry, the hardest, best, yeah. Some of the best wrestlers from Russia of all time, yeah, for sure. And then did that for like you know a, a whole decade. You know, just, just kept doing a it over. Decade is all. <laughs> just over and over and over and over again, and like he, I like the way he does it too. I think that's what puts him up there in my list yeah. because he never misses a training camp never misses a practice he never complains you know he's just a hard worker you know, he's yeah. an animal and he's For brutally sure. tough oh, yeah. so you know that and right. i value that he's up there all right so jb oh, jb's up there who else i put i put zeke and kale up there okay Zeke? Just because Kale? that is Zeke's first appearance on a Rushmore, I believe. Go ahead. I would say like the progression that we had from when he took over as a national team coach was probably, you know, second to none because nobody even had the RTC models and he helped implement and uh, transition to that model. And from a athlete, 
that's like part of the reason why I won the nationals. I trained with Tion Ware and then boom, you know, and then I'm like making world teams right after, right after uh, college. I was like one of the first people to benefit from that system. So uh, I really liked how he brought that RTC model. And then we had two Olympic gold medalists from like a point where we weren't winning anything at that point. Oh, I remember. I, it was bad. Frankie, 2010, getting up in the middle of the night. Not fun. Not, not fun. Not fun. Like just hoping for a medal. So like Come on. you go you go from that to executing, you implement the RTC model, and then boom, boom, boom. Now you see like kids that like were products, these Kyle Snyders that were like products of these RTC 100%. models who are just freaking animals. You know, and maybe and sh maybe but maybe you put Kyle Snyder up there right now too. Cause like oh, like yeah. I said, like there's some of them that aren't done yet, you know. So right. It's hard, it's hard to say who goes ahead of who, but Kyle, but Kyle Snyder, he, like JB, has been rock solid for the sport of wrestling. Just constant, Hot, just consistent. Which goes to show you that, what and Zeke says this all the time, what wins at the highest level is character, yeah. high character. So how do, you, how do you train the best elite level athlete in the world? Yeah, you got to teach him the skills, but he has to have high character. Mm. High character wins at the highest level. Kyle Snyder... He won the worlds. He broke, you know, he broke Sajulayev in that match, oh, yeah. and won and won the world championship against one of the best wrestlers of all time, Sajulayev. You know, he could be. I probably have to say, the way he's like innovated wrestling, you know, he might be up there too. Him and Kyle could just face each other, yeah, like face to face <laughs> on that Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that'd be good. Listen, Is that okay? yeah, you can't say enough about. They can't be side by side. No, no, no. Yeah, but. You can't say enough about Satellite. Like he, I've never seen somebody as good from every single position, every single one. Every, like he he doesn't have a bad position. Like you know he's good on bottom. Like we didn't even know he was good on bottom because he never got taken taken down, right? right? And then you're like, oh crap, this dude can stop a gnarly gut. Like he can stop. Like anyway, I digress. I'm, I'm also like impressed by like the quality of of opponents they beat too like you know mm -hmm. and, and this like that's one thing i'll say like zeke had to get through valentine jordana mm -hmm. and he's one of the best wrestlers of all time you know, sure. that's who he lost to for gold beat him in the world championships so like in order to have that kind of uh wrestling iq and experience to beat an opponent like that you know I, that's another thing i look at too like look at the guys that some of these olympic gold medalists we have had to get through for sure you know, the All right, gone. Frankie, we got to get moving here. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off. I got, we got to get moving here. We have another podcast to get to. Thank you so much for no carving doubt. out an hour for us, man. I really do appreciate it. Um, if there's any way that people want to get a hold of you, um, get a hold of you on Instagram. Where, where do they get a hold of you? Just Instagram at Gorilla Hulk. G Hulk, I love it. Yeah, Frankie, thank you so much for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate All right, it, guys. Thank you.